When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is The Movies That Made Me, with your hosts, Josh Olson and Joe Dante. Loved Stuart, um, Stuart Spencer. <laughs> um, <you laughs> That's a good one. <laughs> understandable confusion. Um, yeah, I was I was knocked out. I saw it uh, uh, in, a, in a theater, thankfully, um, which is a great place to see it. And it's, um, I remember having the same kind of response to Jackie beyond beyond the film itself. Uh, um, I'm a fidgety film watcher. Um, I'm just like I'm an ADD type and you know constantly moving and even in the theater I shipped it and I realized at one point that I had been sitting stock still for 45 minutes wow. not moving um, and I feel like uh, your movies uh, at least at least those two and there's a quality to it to some of the other things I've seen but those two especially uh, hypnotize the viewer <laughs> Uh, I checked my wallet afterwards. To <laughs> um, and there's also a kind of a, a horror movie quality to it, um, uh, especially uh, Spencer, um, which I thought was interesting. And uh, then, of course, and, and then you've done that Stephen King uh, miniseries. Um, and uh, uh, I was kind of fascinated by that. Um, I hope that's I hope that's an appropriate thing to say i mean i hope that that is intentional i suspect is it not the kind of oh yeah of course (laughs) of course i yeah i think uh you know uh, we 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 talk about a lot about scripts and 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 structure and characters and and they're of course really really relevant for for the process and, and and for a movie but what what stays with me as a viewer first of all most of the times is the tone and the atmosphere of a movie. And, and I care a lot about it and I work really hard. And I think um, those are the things then that are made as well in the editing process that we don't talk about very often. It's, uh, it's how, you know, it's the choices that you made and how do you create a, like a, something that it's hard to describe, right? That's what yeah. movies are yeah. made for. And, but yeah, and, and, and that atmosphere um, sometimes can be stronger than anything in terms of the emotional impact that a movie can, can have on us. And, and yeah, I understand the, the horror thing. Of course, there, there are elements um, and we work them, uh, you know, especially in Spencer, really, yeah. really clearly. But, but it's not what I, what I, was, what I had in mind. I, I wasn't chasing like a specific uh, sort of horror tone. I, I was just trying to be inside of her 
And then when she goes into a, you know, a, a deep, deep crisis, we experience that. And, right. and then there are visions and there are things that happen. Um, but, but we feel it very real and close because I think there's from a point to a movie, there's a point of no return in terms of where the audience is. We are just with her. And, and that is probably the most challenging part is how, how can a movie can travel eventually and be with, with, with the main character and share that point of view. So, um, and I say that not in, in, in the movies that I've made. I, for example, I admire when it happens with movies where the main characters are doing things that we would never accept in reality. Right. And we, we take them and accept them because the movie is doing that for us. We're sharing that point of view, even if that person is doing things that we would consider immoral or yeah. illegal yeah. or whatever, you name it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, no, it's, it's, it's phenomenal. It's also, it's one of those things that as a writer, um, I sit there and I just go, I've, I've just watched two and a half minutes of a film where all it could possibly have said in the script is Diana walks across a field and I'm, right. <laughs> I'm, I'm riveted and I'm, I'm suffused with dread and, uh, um, it's just, it's an amazing film. Um, so, so Pablo, I also want to, um, anyway, I should say we are here. First of all, Joe is in Spain, which is why he's not here. He's at a film festival and he apologizes. He would love to have been here. But thank you, thank you for coming in anyway. Um, we're talking to uh, uh, the director, Pablo Lorraine, um, who's the director of the, uh, the new film starring Kristen Stewart, um, Spencer. Um, I'm, I'm, uh, it, it opens November 5th uh, everywhere. Um, it's an amazing film. Um, uh, I, I just saw it. I was knocked out by it. Um, I would say we're sort of kicking off, I guess, the movies that made me um, Oscar nominee season a little bit early because uh, you, you're going, you know, this is going to happen. I know that's a weird thing to contemplate, but um, <laughs> this, this film is going to get all these things. Um, and it's, it's marvelous. And I was, I was so excited to get uh, you in here to come talk to you about some of the movies uh, that you've enjoyed. And um, it's funny, I'm, I'm not the best with names all the time. And I was familiar with sort of recent stuff. And I was just looking and I realized you also made a movie that I loved several years back called Tony Monero. Um, which uh, I saw in theaters here, which is a highly, highly recommended movie if you've not seen it. Thank you. Yeah, uh, it is. It is streaming. It's um, uh, it is its own thing, and it is well worth um, checking out. But yeah, you were. I was like, I I, I want to talk to this guy. I want to find out what kind of movies he likes, what makes him tick. Um, so thank you, um, thank you, Pablo, for coming. No, thank you for having me. What a pleasure, please. It's a pleasure. And also, I should, are you are, are you at your home or are you somewhere? I'm trying to. There's a Eyes of Laura Mars poster right behind him that's staring. Yeah, I, I, I wonder, I, is no, that yours or is? I, no, no. <laughs> I am I'm, I'm, I'm at a house that I, I rented for a few days here in, in oh, LA, okay. and they have this poster here, and I haven't seen the movie. I have uh -huh. to admit. But it's a very cool poster. It's a very sure. cool poster. It's yeah. an interesting film. It's worth seeing. It's worth seeing. I'll, I'll look at it. Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah. But anyway, let's, yeah, let's talk. I mean, what, what's your, what's your kind of background in terms of the movies you like, the movies you grew up on? What's, um... I've, I've been obsessed with different um, filmmakers in different moments of my life. I haven't, uh, um, what, what I did, I haven't done it in, in years, but what I did, I don't know, when I, in my 20s is that, I would I would just get into someone and try to see as many movies possible from that person. So it's, it's when I look back, it's 
my film education, it was very random. I, I went to a, a, a film school in, in, in my country, in, in Chile, in Santiago. It, it wasn't really a great place. Um, so, <clears throat> I don't know, it's, it's hard to, 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 to be very specific, but I, I, would, I will always remember um, when I was a child or I, I, very young, I, I don't know exactly when that the movie was released, but I remember the big impact that, that Back to the Future had on me. Oh, wow, really? Okay. Yeah, I, and you know why? Because I, I was very young, but I saw the movie. Of course, I, I thought it was uh, funny and interesting and whatever and entertaining, but what I understood from it is, is, was the use of time. And mm-hmm. and how how can you know a movie um, can do that? And it opened my eyes to to cinema. That then, of course, I understood that most of good cinema uses time, and it's it's one of the great tools that we have. Um, but but that that movie had an impact on me that was very very powerful. And 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 then. For some strange reason, uh, the the Goethe Institute, which is the German uh, cultural structure that they have all over the world, um, had a had a video club uh, in my country, and I am sure in many other countries. And you could rent film prints from them. So instead mm-hmm. of going and getting a VHS, you would get the the rolls, right? So I, I bought a projector, a sixteen millimeter projector, and I would project in my room. Um, all the German movies that were available, and oh, wow. and and of course, you know, Fritz Lang and 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 Wenders and 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 but the movies that really had a huge impact on me were the Herzog movies, um, oh, yeah. particularly Fitzcarraldo. Oh, and that movie blew my mind, and and in if there's a movie that made me consider actually that that I could eventually be a filmmaker is that movie yeah it's a, it's a, it's about a man who wants to build an opera house and in in the amazonas so he 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 hires a, this big boat and then eventually realizes that the, the 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 river is too narrow and he has to push the boat over a hill uh in order to be at the other side of the river and, and keep going with this project and and it's about it's about a man that is basically probably insane um and, and and but he's pushing this boat and and i think it's it's not only very beautiful uh but it's also a good metaphor of, of cinema you know the, the absurdity of pushing that boat over a hill that it makes no sense is risky right. um I well, don't know course, how that, many that, people cares, you know, but and that, and that metaphor is literalized by I, I'm assuming you've seen the documentary uh, what is Burden of Dreams about the making of it, which is also about a madman trying to take a, a boat over. It. Um, uh, yeah, yeah, for kind of um, similar purposes. And, yeah, and there's a sequence in, in the in the film where by the I think it's near the end. The boat is not. It comes back to the river, and then it's, it it goes down the river out of control. There's no one in it by, but him, Klaus Kinski, and he goes and plays this Caruso record on, in the old Victrola. So the boat is going with no direction. The man is completely, you know, um, out of control, 
and and the Caruso voice is singing as it happens, and and I was mesmerized by that, and I thought it was just so beautiful and it had a huge impact on me. Yeah, no, it's an amazing film. I'm I'm wondering what um was that was that the first Herzog film you saw, and then you saw the others, or did you sort of see it in the middle? I, I think it was one. probably the first one, and there were others too. Um, but but then I saw Aguirre. Yeah, Aguirre, the anger of God. I don't know how you translate. Yeah, that. it's called that... uh, Aguirre, the wrath of God. Here is the, the, the God. American or, yeah English title. Yeah. La ira de Dios in Spanish, and yeah. that movie, of course. Um, it was it was probably also my admiration for Klaus Kinski. I, I, then I read a lot of things, and I was quite uh, obsessed with him when I was young, and, and with Herzog, and and, and how, how how were they making those movies, and and how bold they were, and 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 how how poetry was so relevant for the process. If 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 you if you Herzog has spoken about it often, and and. That he was reading and reading and reading, and most of what he read was was uh, poetry, and some of them was was Holdering, this uh, German poet, and and so I got into Holdering, and and it was it was a whole process for me that that it really really affected me, and then of course I I shot to I, I went to Bim Benders and 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 Paris Texas just you know probably changed my life. Um, oh, yeah, yeah. Because I, I remember seeing Aguirre. I think Aguirre was the first one that I'd seen for Herzog. That sort of, you know, I think, um, the, the first one is always the one that that sort of burns itself the most into your into your brain with with him, especially with some greats. And I, I think the thing that um, still stays with me is that it's a what is it? Is it like 16th century? I guess, and it's it looks like they send a documentary crew back to that era. I, I had never seen that time period treated that way cinematically. Um, it, it, it didn't feel like the usual approach to, to that period or to any period. Um, but yeah, he's, he's, um, uh, he's so fascinating to me too. I, I, I love him. And, um, yeah, I'm just, a, uh, I love Fitzgerald too, but I feel like you have to watch, you have to watch it back to back with a documentary because it's, it's such an interesting juxtaposition between the character that he's trying to make a movie about and, and himself going through that similar process. Um, and, 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 and those movies were made in years. Mm-hmm. No, he he shot first with Mick Jagger, and then he That's couldn't. Right, then Jason Robard, I think, right? Right, and couldn't yeah. put it off, and then he stopped and went back to Europe, uh, got more money, went back to to the jungle in, in the Peruvian jungle of the Amazonas, and kept making the movie, and it it was just crazy, and 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 then the movie just changed a lot of things. I, I think it was made in '82, if I'm not wrong. Yeah, around yeah, that's about right. And I think it won, uh, won the Palme d'Or in Cannes, I think. Um, but yeah, so that was that was quite relevant. And then and then I found uh, Mr. Stanley Kubrick, of course. Oh yeah. And uh, and that still today, every every time I make a movie, I I find something on his work that you can always relate to. Um, so yeah, and, and I saw all of his movies um, on a loop for a couple of years, and I didn't see many other things. Just it was just really you're just living in Kubrickland. Yeah, and I <clears throat> bought every biography, and I read, and I got I was very, very, very into it, and and I was really sad when he died. I I remember I was very you know curious to see. I was shot, of course, but um, yeah, the the 
and, and for example, Barry Lyndon, it's a movie that was very important for us while making Spencer. Mm. And it's mm. funny because I, there's people that is like reviewers and even, you know, people from, from doing questions in, in press, they would, they would think that it was the shining, right? Because of the overlook sure. yeah, yeah. and, and, and the, the, some, some shots that some tracking shots and, and certain things that, and I'm like, yeah, I get it. I mean, of course it's possible that, that, the Shining is a movie that is in my bloodstream. It's not that I would look at it for, for anything in specific. It's just a, but it was Barry Lyndon that that has certain things that we really looked it up uh, with with Guy Hendricks, uh, our production designer, and um, not only for for the aesthetics, but 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 for the absurdity. I think something that that Steve Knight wrote uh, in in the script of Spencer that I try to capture it in a way that felt elegant and I try to hide it a little bit is, is, is how funny and absurd can those structures be. Um, and, and, and it's, yeah, it's, 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 and I think in Barry Lyndon, there's some of that absurdity that I, I think is fascinating. And, yeah, and I, I, yeah. I, I'm embarrassed to say Barry Lyndon was the last Kubrick film I saw and I, I, I loved him. I can't say I was as, um, as clearly as obsessed as, as you were for that, that year. But I mean, I just, I loved him and I've seen most of them many, many times, but for some reason I, I, part of it was I didn't want to watch it on a TV. I wanted to see it in a theater and um, cause it seemed like one that you should, but there was also something about it that seemed a little bit daunting and a little bit like homework, if that makes sense. Yes. And then I finally saw it. And one of the things that just struck me, and I, I, I've seen it several times since, is it is so goddamn funny. It's extremely funny. <laughs> <laughs> it's just, um, yeah, uh, I, I love it. I love it to death. And I'm, I'm so sad I spent so much time being afraid of it. It's, it's funny. It's funny in, 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 in when it becomes so absurd. That's what I think where the, the humor comes. And mm-hmm. it's absurdity. Um, but but at the same time, it's enormously human um, yeah. and, and dangerous because of that. Um, there's you remember the scene of the duo and 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 he's there's I, I don't I don't know if there's a lord or I think yeah I think it's a lord it's like someone has a lot, like a like a title and and it's in front of Barlinden and then the lord shoots and can't hit him. And then the person that is running the duel says, have you found satisfaction? Mm-hmm. And he says, no. <laughs> <laughs> it's just, uh, yeah. so he gets another bullet and hits him and eventually wounds him. Um, but, but yeah, it's just those little things. Uh, it's, uh, it's, it's incredible. And of course, Dr. Strangelove and, and, yeah. and Full Metal Jacket and, and yeah, I mean, it's just that this universe is so vast. I'm, I'm sorry, Joe's not here because he would tell you, Joe Joe saw Dr. Strangelove uh, when it opened. Um, really? In, in theaters. And he said, the really interesting thing about that film is nobody laughed. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> Which you can kind of understand in, in, uh, at that time. It, but it, well, it's look, it's it's with with humor in movies, it's very particular and it's really related to the room and where it is and the society that, you know, for example, Spencer in the UK, they laugh all the time. Throughout? Yeah. Oh, really? Very often. And, 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 and here 
It's just tension. No one moves from the seats. Huh, okay. You know, and it's the same movie. <laughs> so, I, I, I guess it's okay to talk about something that happens in the first couple minutes. I, I will not talk about much more, but yeah, I, the the sort of in the very beginning when she's walking into that cafe, um, yeah. there is just something, I imagine that gets a lot of laughs in, in, in the UK at least. Yeah, there, there's some, there's certain probably more British jokes there uh, mm-hmm. all around that, that they work better there, but um, yeah, I don't know. Um, and then, you know, talking about Spencer, uh, other movies that that we saw, especially with Kristen, um, it was uh, John Cassavetes. Um, oh, really? Huh. Yeah, A Woman huh. Under the Influence. Sure. Oh, okay. I can. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, you see? Can, sure. Sure. Yeah. That. Yes. <laughs> Makes sense. Yeah. It's. Yeah, uh, but he's so. Uh, his movies are so verbal. Um, and there is there is so much silence in your film. It's it's not a it's not a leap I immediately make to see the connection. But when you say that film, uh, for sure. Well, it's true. There's, it's true. You're right. Uh, but it's 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 her state of mind. What we yeah. were looking at, and yeah, and it's a incredible performance. And it's just a, it's an incredible movie, of course. But yeah, it's the energy that that it, it we thought it was fascinating, and and how it's filmed. It's just it's very simple. And mm-hmm. it's like, uh, which I, because I, in Spencer, I really wanted to avoid um, any, I don't know, how do you say, audiovisual fireworks, right? right. Um, right. And, and make it more simple. And, and, and Kasavitz was the master of simplicity. It's very verbal, it's true. Yeah. Because that, that, I, I, I'm, I'm still hung up on that a little bit because it's the, I'm thinking about the characters in Kasavitz's films in, in all of them. Uh, basically won't shut up <laughs> and part of the problem in in diana's world is she is surrounded by people who simply don't communicate at all uh it's it's a kind of interesting dichotomy between your film and that one but but it's but it, if, i agree but it's but that movie a woman the influence you are in her perspective yeah. all the way through and yeah. and yeah. and that is something that it's uh, not always easy to do and 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 there's something undescribable on her state of mind. Mm-hmm. Um, and what is interesting is that even though you're right, they they speak a lot, and 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 the character talks a lot in in in, in that movie, Gina Rollins. You don't really know what's going on, and, yeah. and that that is what is more is the most hunting thing in cinema for me, because there's a point where you can you can see something or, or the main characters expressing the realities. She's telling you what is feeling, what, what's going on, and, and, and it could be very graphic and everything, but you're looking at it and there's something that cannot be told. Mm-hmm. And that's how the real interaction with the audience starts. And, and that's when I feel that, that cinema becomes more free than anything. Yeah, that's interesting. Yes. Yeah, I agree. And it's also, it's like she's not um, in that film or even in the Cassavetti film. As much as they're talking, they're not really telling you what's what's going on. You know, You're, yeah. it's a consequence. Everything is a consequence. And and th- that's another thing that is interesting just to the structure. The movie start late. It, it, whatever happened already happened. And what mm-hmm. you're about to see is the consequence of the consequence. And I think Spencer is that too. Mm. It's Very we're late that. in the story, you know. Um, yeah. And I and I learned them from theater. It's like I remember uh, a theater 
teacher that I then became one of the actors that I worked with uh, is called Alfredo Castro. Actually, you mentioned Tony Manero, the, the actor of Tony Manero. He always said, uh, if you can start late on a scene, then do it and yeah. always start as later as possible. As late as possible, yes. And, you know, don't show me the opening. Don't show me what's going on. Just show me the consequence because it's, it's what it is. The, the scene mm-hmm. itself must be told by the consequences or from the consequence. And, it, and it's, that's a good advice that I, I took it very seriously. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I agree. It's, um, uh, yeah, and it's something to do with cinema too um, that, that's kind of specific to that. You know, uh, in novels, I think you have to you have to present a little bit more um, going in. But uh, um, yeah, I, I, I grapple with it all the time. But yeah, it's like get get in as late as possible, and also I think get out as soon as possible. Yeah, <laughs> of know? course. Yeah, as soon as you can. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I don't know. And in, in another moment of my life, I. I was very into Pasolini too, mm. um, who it's another person that comes mostly from poetry, I think. And, and he did a few movies that, that I, I thought that some of them would, were extremely disturbing, like uh, 120 Days of Salo. Yeah. Um, and other movies that were just so beautiful and poetic, like uh, Theorem. Um, that I, I'm 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 behind on him. I've seen Salo, um, and that's uh, <laughs> that may have traumatized me. Yeah, of course. But but have you seen Theorem? No, no, I've not. Oh, you should you should see that movie. Yes, it's uh, it's a, it's an it's an Italian family that gets a visitor, and that visitor is Terence Stamp, mm-hmm. and then he gets in and quickly goes out away. He leaves the family. And what you see, again, is the consequences of his presence and, and how that man affected each of the family members in a different way. And, and you see how they deal with his, with his absence. And it's, it's, very, it's very, very beautiful and, and, and completely crazy. And it's just it's so good. And it really like, had a huge impact on, on me when I saw it. Wow. Yeah. No, I, I have not. And I'm, I've, I've been a little afraid to go back to him, but uh, I, will, I, will, I will take that under advisement. And, and he did a movie with Maria Callas uh, named Medea as well. Uh, I have also not seen Yes. That's, that's, it, it, that's a hard movie. Uh, I mean, it's difficult, um, but it's, it's very beautiful and, 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 and mythic. Uh, it's, mm-hmm. uh, it's based on the Euripides. Uh... Uh, we'd like to pause a minute to thank our sponsor, we have a sponsor, MoviesUnlimited.com, a perfect sponsor for us because it's a movie collector's website. They're not only huge fans of our show, but they also feature many of the movies we talk about here, and so you can easily find them and add to your collection. I mean, you can stream a lot of stuff these days, sure, but when you buy your favorites, you watch what you want and when you want it, and there's always a ton of great content and bonus features like director commentaries, deleted scenes, and all sorts of stuff like that that keep us awake. Buy your favorites at MoviesUnlimited.com. You'll find classics, imports, hard-to-find films, and, of course, new releases, too. The prices are great. The choices are endless. Own the titles you love and enjoy all the bonus features you just don't get elsewhere at any time you want in your own home. 
click the Movies Unlimited banner on our website and buy your favorites from hard-to-find films, imports, and more. Go now to MoviesUnlimited.com, the movie collector's website, where shipping is always free on orders over $50. Welcome to From Beneath the Hollywood Sign. If you love old movies, Hollywood history, or the golden age of filmmaking, you've come to the right place. This is the podcast that talks about amazing stories of Tinseltown from another era and fascinating conversations with writer-producer Steve Kubine and actress-writer Nan McNamara. One particular argument, he ended up dislocating Ava's jaw. <gasps> Ava, she was such a tough cookie. Rather than cry or scream or anything like that, she... Or she, call the police. Or call the police, like <laughs> she should have, exactly. What does she do? She takes an ashtray and she knocks him over the head and knocks him unconscious. That's how she fought back. She didn't know what to do, so she called Louis B. Mayer. I think I've killed Howard Hughes. What do I do? Revisit a time when the pictures were still big and everyone was ready for their close-up. When you want Tyrone Power instead of Tom Hardy, Jennifer Jones instead of Jennifer Lawrence, or Robert Mitchum rather than Robert Pattinson, then From Beneath the Hollywood Sign is the gin joint for you. Are you a, um, uh, I, I, I wondered watching um, Spencer because there was such an amazing supporting cast of uh, uh, actors, you know, I'm not the only one uh, that I love. Um, and I felt like, were you, are you a Mike Lee fan? Yeah. You know, I, I just met him for the first time. Oh, wow. Last week in, in London, um, we, we shared uh, some sort of a panel that they did there. It's actually a podcast, and, um, but they oh. do it live with people. Uh-huh. Um, so he was there too, and I listened to him, of course. Yes, uh, very good. Yeah, that's another you've one. You've got some of the Mike Lee players. In the yeah, first, and, and well, actually, the, the actors that and I, I think I know where you're coming, I, I, the actors that are, are in Spencer, particularly Tim Spall and, and Sally Hawkins, uh, have worked most of their lives with, uh, with Mike Lee. Yeah. Who who made uh, Naked, which is an incredible movie. Yes. And then Secret and Lies, which yes. is uh, an enormous piece of cinema, um, unforgettable, very Drake, top to turvy. And the one that he that he did with Sally, well, Sally's in many of them, but Happy Go Lucky. Happy Go Lucky, yeah, which, um, which is a very divisive movie for some reason. It's, I think it's just, oh, really? Yeah, it's a very cheerful. I think people are put off by how cheerful it is somehow and how cheerful she is. Oh, I love that. Um, but oh, I know it's, it's an incredible movie. It's a it's great incredible. thing to watch when you're down, too. Yeah. <laughs> She's so good. So, yeah, so it was, it, it was, it was a for me, a, a big, big deal to be able to yeah. work with them, and and they they came on board, and 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 it was fascinating. Those those two guys are just uh, really, really special, and 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 in in the case of Sally, she we won't we won't spoil it, right? But by the end of the movie, or in the last third, she has a very powerful and complicated scene with with Kristen with Diana. It's an amazing scene, yeah. and and it is one of those scenes that, in order to do it well, I I don't have to do a lot mm-hmm. as a filmmaker, and it's really about how an actress like her and Christian, of course, can pull that scene off because what she's saying and doing it's so so weird and so beautiful and. 
so unexpected too that the the only way to do it is with the power of truth, you know. And mm-hmm. and, and Sally Hawkins can say or do absolutely anything, and you would always believe it. Yeah, yeah. it's incredible. Whatever she's doing, it would it's going to be believable, and and that's why I I thought that it was so relevant. Not only because she was, she can be fragile and tender and and all the, the skills that we know from her. She's a piece of a genius. And, and, but in that scene, I, I knew that it, it was, it was, we needed someone on, on of that scale to, yeah, yeah. to pull that off and, and make it so simple. And, and, and she did some, it's incredible. And yeah, now you believe every, every frame of it, every second. And uh, <laughs> um, yeah. And that's great. I, I wonder, did you have like, um, did you just sort of, see Mike Lee films along the way or did you have a, a phase with him? Because I'm i always fascinated. There's something about we know what it is about his films and how they're made. I know that when people yeah. have a sort of big burst of Mike Lee discovery there's also this temptation to go off and try to do what he does. Have you ever had that oh. impulse to... <laughs> no, <laughs> to no, to... I, no I, 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 I admire it. Uh, I admire the process that he has when, when he, that he finds the movies or rehearsals. Uh... Yeah. And he can yeah, rehearse yeah, for months. Improvisation, and then yeah. and then sh- and then shoot later. No, I don't. I I actually um I work all the way around. I I don't I don't rehearse. Oh really? Yeah, I don't. I I, I can read and I love to talk to the actors. Mm-hmm. Um, if there's a location that is available, I would love to visit it with the actors and see this is where it is. And um, because I have this fear that in a rehearsal maybe something could happen that it would never be repeated again. Right. And that was not filmed. That's one thing. And then the other is that I did have done some rehearsals in my life uh, for, for film, but it, it all, I always felt that they're not really doing it, not in the way that I think it should be made because the, 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 the camera is not there. So the tension is different. They're not being filmed and, and they're not in the costume and they're not, I don't know, they're not wired. You know, the, the, the sound in cinema comes from microphones, comes from wires. And so there's a thing that I don't understand that what is really going on in a rehearsal. And, and I know that there's incredible filmmakers that they do it and they work really well for them. But I, I prefer to feel the excitement and for the first time, as we filmed it and to able to capture that for you know whatever the reason but that's kind of what happens to me but yeah uh, no i i I share that feeling and and it's funny because i remember um you know meeting william hart many years ago when he came to to work on uh, history of violence um he he was very upset um it wasn't with the film it was just in general he said they're not budgeting for rehearsals anymore and i don't know how you can make a movie with rehearsals and I thought I'm, I'm not about to lecture this incredible actor no. on how it works, but I was fascinated because yeah, I, I share your thing. And obviously, whatever you do to get there is is the only thing that matters, obviously. But yeah, I've I've always felt the same thing that there's a kind of um, you want that first response because that's 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 what life is is first responses, you know. Um, and but- actually, in in Spencer with Tim Spall. Uh, what we did, uh, I asked Tim and and Kristen not to meet oh. each other up until the first scene that's on the movie mm. when she arrives to the house and, and, and mm-hmm. the waiting scene is they, they've never saw each other before so it, it was I thought it was even more interesting to 
to, and then we actually hide them from each other. Mm-hmm. And then Claire took the camera outside of the, of the house and walked in with her filming her. So the first time that actually Kristen Stewart sees Timothy Spall on her life, it's in the movie. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. that expression is invaluable. And it's, yeah. it's you know, it's a, it was a handheld shot. And, and it's, it's like, who are you, actually, she said. Why are you here? What is where, where's the the usual butler? What what what's going on? And that I love that. You know, I I, I feel that it's, it's it's also because movies are obviously the result of the movie, but movies is all, also making them right. And and there's something that I don't know in that process that should be must be exciting for whoever is in there. Yeah, yeah, no, for sure. Um, uh, yeah, absolutely. Um, so, so I'm I'm really taken by um, the music in um, actually in this film and Jackie, uh, your use of it is is um, distinct. Let's say, and I, I wonder if uh, where, where does that come? From? Is there a, is there a um, are there movies that have struck you with with their kind of distinct and unique scores that that have made you go like that's that's what I want to do, or is this come out of something else or? Well, we just talked about Stanley Kubrick. I, I don't think there's people, there's other, you know, a better, yeah, yeah, a better example. <clears throat> I, yeah, I, I, I love music, and and I, I think somehow I'm, a, I'm a frustrated musician. I, mm-hmm. I tried to play instrument, and I, it just didn't work. Piano and guitar, and both teachers were like, no, 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 not for you, you know, and, <laughs> not for you, yes, not for you, and and but. But I love music, and I, I actually worked in opera, and I and I really, really um, think that it's the most uh, perfect and, and intriguing and beautiful form of art. I think yeah. for me, there's nothing more moving and interesting than, than than music, and it's so personal, and and it's so free to to you know just to be able to experience it and. and it's it's wonderful and I, yeah and I work with uh, Mika Levy um, in, in Jackie and with yeah. Johnny Greenwood now and in Spencer and um, they're both um, extraordinary musicians um, and in both cases they they sent most of the music before we start shooting I think jo- Johnny did send certain things after that he saw some scenes but. Most of the material was already recorded. Um, oh, interesting. Okay. And and it it just it's look it's a very simple exercise. What I what I what I see in many movies and in television that I am not very up for it and I don't enjoy it is is when any emotion that is being portrayed is just supported by music. Mm. So okay, so creative? the character is sad. And yeah. we play the sad one, and then you know, and then it's it's this is this good good music in film takes the picture to another emotion. It's a third idea. You have the picture, the sound, the music, mm-hmm. and when you put them together, it becomes something else. And that is what I'm chasing. And I, and and I think that Mika and Johnny, respectively, and in 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 different ways because they're they're very different in what they do. Um, can do that, and and of course, in the case of Johnny, I am I'm, I'm a very big fan of Paul Thomas Anderson, and his movies are 
are very important to me. And I, I'm always very curious why this country doesn't pay more attention to that guy. Um, but, but, but going back to Johnny, his work in, 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 in There Will Be Blood and, and Phantom Thread and The Master, and it's, it's just, uh, it, for me, it's, it's, he's, it's, he renovated a little bit the logic of, of music in, in film. Um, so, yeah. of course, I, I was uh, very you know, interested and, and hopeful that, that he would uh, accept the invitation. And, and when he did it, uh, it was very exciting. And we had a very interesting collaboration. And, and he was able to combine the Baroque aesthetic mm-hmm. with jazz. And when he said that, I was like, okay, how are you going to do this? Um, and but it was him and it, and it's it just worked very beautiful because the sort of the baroque has this royal feeling and context so it kind of feels well even though it's 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 johnny's music it's never hiding right and no others but and then the jazz is something that exists in, in inside of 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 the character and and that can be madness right. or it can be something very free you know and like jazz uh, that can go from something very stressed to something very simple and pure and and internal so it was it was incredible what 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 happened with the movie when when a trumpet and a, and a bass and drums came in when we were inside of her more stressed moments um so it, yeah it's a Beautiful work. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a huge fan of, of scores that uh, you notice. Um, not not ones that throw you out of the movie, but that you notice, if you know what I mean. I mean, there's one yeah. that you say sort of enhance a mood and take you through something. And um, and, and that it very much did that. It, it did make me wonder if you, um, especially when you say he recorded most or all of it before you started shooting, does, um, uh, were you a Sergio Leone fan at all? Because I know he used to, um, he actually would shoot with with the score playing while they were shooting i well i i i did that too I was I, say, okay I, I, yeah we, i would play to to Kristen and and but it's 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 weird because people is not used to that in sets right sets are very quiet as, as they shoot and 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 music feels like an interruption for people that is actually working right on a set and, and sure. with whatever they're doing so you have to find the right moment to do it and it's usually in between takes when when no one is in the set and you're actually filming um so yeah i played a, i played a, a lot of it and then of course he composed the, the the music for the the pearl soup scene that is at the beginning of the film that yeah. it's, it's with and then we we had it live with the musicians were actually playing oh, the, oh the, yes yes because they're playing music a quartet, uh, yes. there's a quartet in the scene oh, okay so that yeah sure of course they were playing it while you were so we heard it for two days in a row, hundreds of times. <laughs> yeah, well, and it is music to go mad by. Did that have any effect? <laughs> yeah, um, it gets uh, inside of you, and in 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 a way that that makes you sweat the movie yeah. somehow. And yeah. and it, it's uh, it's yeah, it's just incredible. That's amazing. I want to I want to if we can talk about Kubrick for another minute. I um, when you were talking about him, I, I was wondering. Uh, because I know it's a very divisive 
subject even among Kubrick fans where did eyes wide shut when uh, when you saw that did that uh, were, were you a, a fan of that or was that yeah yep yeah I I I I not in the first view I mm-hmm. I was like why did he do this movie and 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 then when I saw it he just passed away so it was it was a right. whole thing but then I saw it again and then again and then I was able to see it in London in a, in a film theater and I and I saw it again and I and I actually think that for me it's one of his best movies and really okay yeah and I and I I also you know got into the I read the, the screenwriter that that wrote that with him mm-hmm. made a book of the process which is very interesting and and it's also based on a play um, by a guy, it's an Austrian, I think, writer that's called Schlister. I don't know how to pronounce his name. Arthur Schlister, I think. Oh, yeah, yeah, the, the, with the book. Uh, yeah, the original, uh, yeah. I, I wouldn't, the, the, La Ronda de los Amantes, The Round of Lovers, maybe is the name so, in it. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know how we would translate it. But um, so, yeah, um, very, in, and, and his use of music, what happens with 2001, it's, it's a revelation. You know, to to start with Strauss, uh, Strauss with that vals at the beginning, you just wouldn't understand how or why, and and now it's a classic, right? Um, and 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 even in in, in you know in, in in Full Metal Jacket, and and I don't know, it's just that it feels that. The only problem with that is that you can't do it again, you know, right. because it it's it, it it makes he makes it a cliche immediately. Right, right. He creates something that no one has done before, and then you can't put that type of music on a on a film never again. Yes, yeah. that's it. Yeah. So yeah. it's the end of the game on on that type of structure. And that's- that's fun. No, it's true. And it applies to a lot. I, I remember years ago showing a friend who had never seen it, uh, The Day the Earth Stood Still. And the first time that spooky theremin kicks in, Bernard Herman's, you know, she goes, oh, God, what a cliche. And they're going, <laughs> no one had ever done this. No one had ever even thought to do this before this movie. And, you know, it was probably a cliche within 90 minutes of the first screening of that film because it was made such an impact. How about Beethoven in Clockwork Orange? Sure. Oh God, yeah. yeah. He just he killed the ninth, the ninth symphony for cinema forever. Yeah. You, can't use it. <laughs> exactly. you, know, you can use it anywhere else, but not in cinema. Yeah, or or even you know, I'm always marveling the fact that uh, there there was a time when tubular bells was uh, a sort of calming, meditative musical interlude meant to make you feel nice and happy. Right. And, you know, now it's The Exorcist. <laughs> You're just ruined forever. <laughs> um and well and, and you know and 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 thanks to 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 those movies i got into another thing that it's it's music as well thanks to ligeti right that, that this very um almost atonal non-melodic type of music that was developed in in the beginning of uh, the last century up until the 60s um that again you you just can't really use that music uh, mm-hmm. in, in in film and but but it's people that just made it all happen um 
and and create a an incredible impact and they're, they're filmmakers that they can do that and 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 that's an interesting conversation I, I, it's a good question who are the filmmakers that are made movies that whatever you do after that that it's similar it would be considered that you are or copying or just using a cliche or whatever over quoting you name it but uh there are a number of them that the things that well, you i mean i would say at, at, at risk of you know we're not we're supposed to talk about other people's work not yours and we are talking about yours so i apologize to you um but you know you've you've now made two films at least that they are such a specific uh approach to i mean it, to me, it's absurd to call either Jackie or Spencer biopics, but I suppose technically they're biopics, right? But I don't call them like that either. No, oh no, I can't imagine you would. I, I um, uh, but they are. I've never seen anything like either of those films, and and they are clearly the work of the same filmmaker and and um, turning turning a, a similar eye to to a different subject. Um, I can't imagine anybody else trying to make a film like that, uh, and if they did. The only thing you could possibly think of is is, is your movies. <laughs> Thank you, but it's 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 different. I I think that um, there's there's I, I don't know. Sometimes I feel that there's always a point where someone can find a reference in 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 the movies that that I have made um, or not. I don't know, but but. I I I feel the the impact of certain movies, and and what is so incredible is that those movies exist obviously in the movies that I've made mm -hmm. in a very awkward way, and and sometimes people don't see it because because they're not visible, or maybe ju it's just me who sees the the, the yeah. quoting right or the sure. reference. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah, it's it's your response to a thing. It's not the yeah. thing. Yeah, and, and and a lot of those those you know. It, it, can we talk a little bit about bad movies? Sure, <laughs> <laughs> absolutely. You know why? Because I I I think that there are a lot of interesting ideas in in a lot of bad movies. Oh, or very movies much that so. Aren't yeah. considered to be relevant for culture. Mm -hmm. Um, and and maybe in a bad movie or movies that you don't love or no one cares. There's one shot, oh, for sure. one single performance, one idea, one, and and film education should consider, in my opinion, seeing some of those movies because each of us could find things that are cool or beautiful or interesting in in places that no one is seeing them. And, oh, and always, always, or sometimes you'll see something that either is done badly or somehow kicks off a thought process in your own head that takes you to something good. Um, yeah. I mean, I, I, I think uh, you need to see way more than just, you know, the Pantheon. Uh, we, we had um, uh, Anders Jensen on a little while ago, directed a, a, um, a Danish director who did uh, Riders of Justice this past year with Mads Mikkelsen, which is an amazing film. And there's one, there's an incredible note of music in it, an amazing use of just one note. And, and I asked him about that and it was from, um, his his composer had done a, a terrible TV movie 15 years earlier, and he had seen this movie and he had heard that note. Wow! <laughs> and just said, "I'm going to sit on that. I need to use that." He had an idea for how to use it in something amazing, and and yeah, it was sort of a perfect example of that. And um, uh, yeah, I'm I'm always seeing sort of interesting things, and sometimes it's because 
it's, you know, one or two moments of real inspiration in the middle of something that somebody's just phoning in or else it's an accident. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I was saying. Maybe, maybe, they, maybe it's accidental for, for what they, for what they saw. And, yeah. and maybe they, maybe it's extremely funny. I, it, it wasn't meant to be funny. And you know, those, those things uh, that, yeah. that, that happened, but. Uh, or, the, or the microphones broke or. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I, I did. Uh, years ago, I was watching a, a it was the proposition uh, i was watching the uh, amazing australian for the proposition for the first time and it opens in a shootout inside this this house of these bandits shooting out i remember very well yeah and i didn't realize until the first scene had ended that my front speakers had gone out and i was only hearing because it, it was a really odd sound effect and i thought oh this is a really interesting way to film a shootout from a right. They're sort of deaf. Like a silence. Bullets going yeah. off. But you're sort of hearing a ding, zing, zing as they get close <laughs> behind you. And it's like, no, my speakers are screwed. But I'm going to steal that someday and no one will ever know I stole it. Because <laughs> it, it's, I, I saw this documentary and, uh, and Mike Nichols, um, and, and he, he explained how, how the, the Mr. Robinson song came on. And, uh, mm-hmm. um, and it was just an accident from from them, you know. They were actually he asked him to compose another song, and it didn't work for the movie. And then you know they were in the studio and said, "Well, but we were, we've been playing with this song, and it's it's not Mr. Robinson, but we could change it to Mr. Robinson or Mrs. Robinson." And they just swapped the name, and it was Mrs. Whatever. And there you go. You know, there's yeah. a lot of things that are iconic that just yep. happened in 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 the thing in the set and yeah. or at the moment. And there are good accidents that you know have somehow shaped culture. Yeah, I, my favorite is a musical one. It's um, I can't remember the name of the record. It was a, a, a 45 from the 50s, a single of some obscure country band, and you know they would do A sides and B sides. Yeah, and I have no idea how Dave Davis from the Kinks ever got his hand on this obscure country song from from America, but the B side uh, was some you know they figured nobody's even going to listen to this, and they had done one recording this band, and an amplifier had blown out, and there's just this jarring explosive guitar for about two seconds, and then the song goes back to normal, and Dave Davis of the Kinks heard that, and that is the sound of the Kinks early records like you really got me and all day and all night and it's heavy metal comes out of that and it's, it's an amplifier blowing up Incredible! Wow. <laughs> and one person hearing it. <laughs> um, do you have to, I have one more question for you. I'm, I'm interested because you've talked about seeing movies uh, again that you didn't connect with first. And, and then um, you've also talked about bad movies. Obviously when it's Kubrick, you know, there's a lot of filmmakers like that. If I see a Kubrick film and I don't connect, cause I, I didn't either. And I still haven't had your experience with eyes wide shut, but I have gone back to it. But obviously with someone like Kubrick and you're going, okay, that didn't work for me. Obviously I have to go back. Um, have you done that with film filmmakers who aren't quite so reliable? And, and if so, sort of what, what is your, do you have a way of differentiating? Cause I'm always struggling with this between, you know, you sit through a film and you go, that was bad. And then you sit through another film and you go, I didn't get that. I don't think I liked it, but I need to see it again. Yeah. Me, yes, of course. And is the, yeah, but yeah. I, I went, I, I spent a, a few years of my life uh, or something that I consider very stupid right now, but I was very proud of <laughs> is that I, I would, I would just walk out of the cinema if the movie, I didn't love the movie mm. quickly. And I would, if I, if I was suspicious, I would just go in and 
and be so I'm like I'm ready to go okay and and I and it, it was just so stupid I, I don't do that anymore I, I still leave if I have to uh, or just stop watching something on, on my screen um but but I, I I think that there are movies that not only require a second viewing um but there are movies that can be very different depending on how you feel and yeah. And I have, for example, a set of movies that I see when I'm sad and I need to heal myself. And, and I, I have like a box of, 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 of movies that I want to see with friends. Uh, and I, maybe while, while I'm having a drink and I just put it on the screen and I, like, and I can just look with the, you know, with the left eye a little bit and just keep yeah. talking. So I, have, I, I, can, I can be a bit of a DJ um, with, with movies uh -huh. uh, with myself or, or with others um, that I think that that can be uh, good, but the, the healing box it's is good, and and most of the movies that are there are movies that I didn't love at the beginning, and really? and the, yeah, and, and and movies that that maybe a lot of people don't care a lot, you know, and, and like I have movies there from Pedro Almodovar, for example. Okay. I have movies from Bergman uh, there. I have Pers Persona. I have it in there. Um, I have I have Superbad. You know that movie? Uh, yes. <laughs> it's I I I have uh, Hangover. Really? Okay. Yeah, in the same box. I know it's weird, uh, but it's it's um, and and then I I have. Um, the first three Star Wars, and and then I have uh, a movie that I love. Um, it's Edward Scissorhands. Oh, okay. I I loved it when it came out, and and um, and then I have movies. I was just saying that I I didn't connect very well with them, that then then became important to me, um, like Silence from Martin Scorsese. Oh really? Okay, interesting. Yeah. That, that yeah. because I've I've never gone back to that one. And and uh... yeah, I was I was I was, uh, and then I saw it again, and I and I got very interested in in in, in what in what the movie is proposing, and 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 yeah, I there's something really really um really beautiful I think there. Hmm. Yeah, well, it's not, I mean, it's a very personal film. I mean, that that much is clear. It's just um. Yeah, I, I need to give that one another chance. But again, he's one of those filmmakers you go back to if, if it didn't work for you the first time. But yeah, you should. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Uh, well, Pablo, thank you so much, man. I really, really appreciate you coming in and talking to us, um, talking to me. Um, Joe, again, sends his apologies. Um, but uh, it's, it's, it's been a thrill. I, I love the movie. The movie is, is Spencer. Um, it's coming out in theaters on November 5th, um, shortly after this episode uh, comes out. Um, and, uh, believe the reviews. It's, it's really, it's an amazing thing. And, um, uh, yeah, I can't, I can't say enough good things about it. So, um, thank you for having me. It was a real pleasure. I, I can't believe we actually spoke for an hour. I, I, I didn't see it. I thought we were halfway through. Yep. <laughs> <But> well, <laughs> thank you so much. Come back with the next one. Yes. Thank you. All right. Take care. Our show was recorded from several well-stocked bunkers. We can't wait to get back to beautiful downtown Burbank. 
We're the official podcast of TrailersFromHell.com, the best damn movie website there is. Our engineer is the composer Don Barrett, who also transmogrified, produced, and created our theme song. This is Josh Olson for the movies that made me. Stay safe out there, folks. Hi, I'm Neil. And I'm Ken. And we are from the Triviality Podcast, a pub trivia-style game show where a lack of seriousness meets a little bit of knowledge. Join us each week for an hour-long game of general knowledge trivia featuring special guests from around the world, plus tons of extra themed episodes. If you want to improve your trivia game, or you just want to scream at us in your car when we get easy questions wrong, then we're the show for you. Find Triviality on all your favorite podcast apps. But you know that, because you're already listening to a podcast.